Kia ora and welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name is Jeremy Downing. I'm Sarah Watt. And I'm William Chan. And each month at Cinema in Context, we discuss two films, one current and one retrospective, with some connection. It could be the same director, the same actor, or a similar theme. This month we are discussing Triangle of Sadness, which came out at the end of last year slash start of this year to capitalise on the awards season buzz, and Triangle, which came out in 2009. The connection being that they are both uh, writer-director films set at sea, as well as having the word triangle in the title. (laughs) We're pretty basic. We're simple people here at Cinema in Context. Uh, And just to let you know, we will be spoilering both films. So if you haven't seen these movies, I would suggest pausing this episode and coming back to it at a future date. I would say, especially for these two, to these two movies, because boy, are there stuff to be spoiled in these. Yes, absolutely. And spoiler alert, listeners, we uh, we recommend both films, so it's not like we're about to slag off a film and then and then force you to watch it. This is true. This is true. Yeah. So, I guess if you're not a spoiler person, then jump in and listen, and maybe decide whether it was a side if you watch the films after we talk about it, which I know some of our listeners do do. I've talked mm-hmm. to a few people that have done that, mm-hmm. um, but if not, yeah. Let's 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 rejoin. Let's reconvene. Let's uh, come back together at a future date. All right. Let's hear about Triangle of Sadness. William, give us a bit of an introduction about this 2022 film. Righty ho. Triangle of Sadness, the latest from writer director Ruben Uslund, is about a young couple who are both models and their adventures on a cruise ship. The end. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice. There, there's so much stuff that happens that you start off in a place that is almost unrecognizable from where you finish up. That's so true. Just, I guess, to spoiler, you know, we've already given a spoiler warning. I always want to say that this is a film, this, this movie's like White Lotus meets, and I always want to say Lord of the Flies, mm. but to say that gives away yeah. the whole third act of this film, final part of this film. Sure, right? sure. Right, Sarah, Triangle. Okay, so Triangle is a film I hadn't even heard of, but typically husband had it on Blu-ray at home. (laughs) Um, Triangle is a 2009 film by writer-director Christopher Smith, who had hitherto made other films with just one word, uh, Creep and Severance. Now, um, Christopher Smith is British. The cast is actually, interestingly, even though they're playing Americans and pretending to be sort of in the Florida area, um, the cast includes Melissa George, Liam Hemsworth, and a New Zealand actor who I think is terrific and whose name escapes me, which is Michael Dorman. There we go. Thank you. Michael Dorman, Kiwi actor. So they're Antipodean actors, all um, playing Americans. Anyway, basically, it's about a group of young people who go out for the day sailing um, and then very, very strange things happen. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it? (laughs) That's right. Uh, Well, that's true. Yeah, nice. Much to say. I want to jump in with that because I was watching Triangle for the first time. William, you suggested it. I knew nothing about the movie. Can I just say thank you so much for taking up the suggestion because I've loved Triangle since the... since the first day I saw it, oh, um, it's, it's such a such an odd little, I guess, low budget horror film. Yes, that is not really a horror film, right? It becomes something completely different, which is a time loop, one of those Groundhog Day things. Yes, but but, but then, cleverer. I, I think it's clever. It has a lot of layers to it, as mm. the you know the way time loop stories go, mm. and how the movie leads you, the audience through the entirety of the narrative as it literally loops on itself again and again and again until it doesn't, until it does again. 
is I think marvelous. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I for for me the the thing that stood out in terms of the Australian cast or New Zealand cast mm. was I was watching going I think these are Australians because the accents are a bit hokey uh-huh. um, and I was thinking oh, okay so then I looked up where they filmed it yeah they filmed it around Queensland, Queensland. And, yes you, know, well, you can see some of the Gold Coast in the background yeah right but also do you remember when we did our Megan episode and I said not unkindly that something that was distracting for me was that it was set, set in, in Portland Oregon um, but that it looked like New Zealand because of the light and the minute that Triangle started it felt far too bright far mm. To Antipodean, but to be fair, I did know that Melissa George and Liam Hemsworth were Australian. I thought their acting, all of them, was really good. And you yeah. say low budget horror, William, and I, and I think that's an absolutely fair comparison. But I was quite blown away by how solid as the performances were, for, in my view. There's also that lady, um, uh, hang on, uh, Rachel Capani from McLeod's Daughters. Oh! Uh, so she was one of the, uh, Before I knew who Liam Hemsworth was, she was like, oh, right, it's, um, it's, it's her and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I guess. Oh, right. <laughs> Is Melissa George Sabrina what? Yes. She, she? she was live-action Sabrina, right? Oh. Wait, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think, I think I she think, was. I think of Melissa just as a, well, not just as, but a home and away or a, a what what are those, Sydney, those Australian soap yeah, operas, neighbors. you know, yeah, which is one of those. Which is Sabrina you talking went about? On to the uh, live action one from the 90s? Uh, no, oh. that's, um, that's, it? that's, no, that's Melissa. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to that, <laughs> but, um. But no, fair enough, fair okay. enough. Uh, apologies if, if I'm mistaken. I thought Melissa George was really good. I think it's, um, I think it's quite funny when you um, see Liam Hemsworth and we all look... Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, it's, it's not Melissa. Yeah, it's Melissa, what's her name? Melissa... Do you remember do you know Sabrina the Teenage Witch from the 90s? Do you, do you have that? I do not. Okay, I'm going to look it up right now. Sorry. And I'll just talk while you look it up. I was just going to comment on dear old Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> Dear old Liam Hemsworth, of course, whose brother, we have two acting brothers, but one of them is excessively famous and quite wonderful, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Liam, I guess subsequent to 2009, um, in the Blu-ray special features, they're talking to Liam and he's like, oh, you know, I was kind of nervous and, you know, it was a big deal and it was like, wow. And you think, goodness me, what a, what a down-to-earth mm. little, little newbie. And of course, he did what was it, Divergent, or one of those? Oh yeah, one of those young people. No, it was um, it was Hunger Games, right? Wasn't he? Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah he was Hunger in Hunger Games, Games. right? Yeah. So, um, you know, so he he made it um, mm. a bit bigger. Melissa J. Hart. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Well, anyway, there aren't that many <laughs> Melissa. Anyway, so Triangle. I, yeah. I just want to agree with you about that, um, Liam Liam Hemsworth, and he doesn't look very Liam Hemsworthy because he's, he's got a no, shaved doesn't. head. But it doesn't I look like Chris. I couldn't help compare it to Cabin in the Woods. When, the same. Because we talked about that recently, right? That's and right. That feels, while it's a bigger budget, it has that kind of low-budget feel to it Yes, it well. does. And there's always the five characters, and there are always three chaps and two girls and so on, um, And that because kind of, that's what yeah. happens, obviously, in Triangle once they get rid of Innocuous. Oh, she was quite cool. I, I thought, thought she was... she was nice, too. I really thought that when she... I really thought that when she looped back around, we were going to see her talk to Melissa. Yeah. Was it Melissa? Uh, Jess. 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 No, no, the, the one that disappears. Is it Melissa? Oh, gosh. Oh. We look at her. Oh, we're really, um, I think we're her, really winning She's today. not Sally. <laughs> it doesn't matter because she's only a bit person. How mean, Heather. Sarah. Heather. Heather. Yeah. So, um, she's just Sally's good-looking friend. Yeah. And because she kind of has some heart towards Jess and she's sort of pushing back on Sally's judgment of yeah. her at the start of the film. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And they had that... Do they have a conversation down in the down in the 
base of the boat. Yes. I'm really good with boat names. You well. are. Um, <laughs> the but... base of the boat. Before they put the big material yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On, the, on, the pole, on the stick yeah, yeah. and sail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that, what do they call that thing where they use it for sailing? Um, no, I I just think that she was she was seen to me to be a significant character that had a relationship. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's going to tell her that she needs to jump off the boat and go and get help or something. Mm. But, but no, that didn't happen. Then she gets washed away. Yeah, well, she's just dead, isn't she? Yeah. We never yeah. see her again. That's right. Yeah. Um, my question with this film, in terms of logic... Yes! Is... <laughs> What the heck? No, why... So she, it's played off that she doesn't know what's going on. Like, I, is it like a convenient amnesia? Is it like it a, is. Is it like I, a I C-3PO? When, when she goes to sleep uh, on the boat at the beginning, she wakes up and she's suffering from a migraine and she doesn't quite know where or when she is. But yeah. also she wakes up from a flashback or a flash forward... Of when she was uh, um, last restarting the cycle. That's right. Like yeah. Tom with, Cruise... With the crabs on the beach. In Edge of Tomorrow. Except that Tom Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow wakes up every time knowing what he's done before. And every time he wakes up, he gets the chance, obviously, to improve on the last cycle yeah. and live because the monster's not going to get him or yeah. because he knows what the game of cards is or whatever. Whereas her, her existence is a paradox, isn't it? Because she, she kills her actual self. And so we never see... Her actual self never goes on the boat because she's yeah. always going back and being that person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no... Like, it's like... The, do, you, do you mean there's no one true Jess? Or there is a the, one there is, true it's, Jess? It's a Jess that is enclosed in her own time loop. Yeah. That doesn't incorporate the original Jess that yeah. you see at the very beginning of the movie. Because she... The one that the one that is slapping the boy and, you know, we find yeah. out he's abusing her son. She never goes on the ship because she gets killed. So the Jess that's on the ship is always... She's like, there's, there's a paradox there. Yeah. We lost you, Sarah. Oh, look. No, the minute you say time loop, you've lost me, to be fair. And I really love these films because I find them impenetrable. So, um, you don't, and we don't have to spend a podcast trying to get me to understand time because I really struggle with physics. Um, is it physics? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> we'll look at you, we'll look at you William. <laughs> we always look at William because he's the science teacher yeah. and he kind of knows the difference between those three sciences. So you, that's cool. Or I'm just happy with, yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's my That's my kind of response to things, you know. I, I think, again, again, going back to what we were saying in the introduction, my favourite thing about both Triangle and Triangle of Sadness is how both movies progress and become things that they're definitely not at the beginning of the yes. movie. Right? It really feels like a journey <laughs> on a boat yeah. um, for both these films. Mm. And I think for Triangle specifically, again, you go and you see the cover. It's, it's Melissa um, George with an axe, you know, reflected on a pool of blood. And you're like, okay, so there's it's probably a slasher movie mm. on an abandoned cruise ship. Mm, like dead calm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. But no. And it is until it's not. Until mm. you realise that all the, you know, dead meat, sorry, are dead by, what, minute 40? Yeah. And yeah. there's still, like, more than half the movie to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, what's, what's happening? Yeah. What's going on? The um, One of the most horrifying scenes for me was when the auburn head Sally mm. goes out oh and God. sees all the dead Sallys. And I thought that is genius mm, because so it's good. horrific. Not only is it must it be horrific to see all your dead selves, but also to realize in that moment the futility 
but because they all got out there and thought they were going to live and none of them did therefore why on earth would she yeah. and I just thought wow psychologically that is incredibly clever and that that scene is, is A a gut punch and B I think just stylistically done so well because mm. you see the I mean seagulls are a motif throughout mm. you see the flurry of seagulls lift from the corpses and mm. then you see what the, the horror is yes um, amazing stuff and on rewatch also done on a budget, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, so when, <laughs> I, I thought this was so funny, when um, uh, uh, Jess walks by and she, you know, there's shot POV shots from her point of view looking at the corpses. There's Which always, corpses? The, uh, Sally's corpses. Yes, yes. There's always one corpse with her face up, mm. like the actual actor, mm. and two or three corpses with their faces down, as in the dummies that they were using to film their shots. So mm. really efficient filmmaking. Mm. Awesome stuff. And then, of course, the wide shots, they just CGI her face on because the camera's not moving and it's cheaper to do so. Mm. Wow, that's good to awesome know. Yeah, stuff. for 2009. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because I think we take that sort of thing for granted nowadays because mm. we know that you can mock up any old thing. Yeah. But, of course, you didn't necessarily 13, 14 years ago. I, I do kind of wish the movie had had a little bit of budget or a little bit more of a budget to play with because I, I, I don't know about you guys but some of the effect shots are pretty chintzy yeah uh, the the water the yeah. boat being overturned the dead any 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 shot of a body going into water yeah. or a body being in water or the yacht being in water yeah. in fact even the shot with them waving is like <laughs> oh, oh yeah. the repeated one where yeah. it looks just superimposed on, on blue screen yeah and the, um, um, the stormy part where the yacht is going underwater and everything yeah. suddenly and I said out loud because we're watching it at home and you're allowed to talk through the movie if you're watching it at home <laughs> Yeah. But not when you're in the cinema, guys. Um, and I said, and now we're on the lot, you know, in, yeah. the, in the tank. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and sure enough, when we watched the making of, yes, of course you, they are. Yeah. But it did feel a little bit like that, didn't yeah. it? So that well, that wasn't... I, I think, though, like that, looking back, kind of gives it a little bit of that, that direct-to-DVD charm as well. Yeah, oh. I actually appreciated it. I was initially, yeah. I was like, oh. And then I was like, actually, you know what? They're, they're really just trying to do something fun. Yes. There's something that yeah. there is a there is a quality about this that is quite endearing. I think it's that mm-hmm. direct to DVD charm you talk about, William. Um, interestingly, to making the connection to Triangle of Sadness, there is that structural similarity as well, and that you've got the sort of on land suburban storyline, or in the case of Triangle of Sadness, sort of in a hotel. Yeah. Um, you've got the on ship storyline. You've got the on island storyline. Mm. Um, yeah, there's some some really good connections here, which. It's it's a it's a cool connection. It's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Just like these two completely different movies, different everything. Um, yes. Tone, motifs, theme. Um, and, and yet, like, they're both called Triangle. I guess because they're both related to the Bermuda Triangle. I think that? that's what they're trying to get okay. at, right? It's yes. this idea of... <laughs> Strange. Yeah. No. Oh, no. So do you know what Triangle of Sadness means? Oh, yeah, but, but, oh. but I, I think it's, it's kind of a double entendre, right? Let's triple entendre. Oh, right. Oh. It, it would be well, a triple entendre. It's a giant triangle, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So the triangle of sadness, which is, I think, a t- terrific um, name because, yes, there are many, many uh, meanings to it and you mm-hmm. or you can infer many meanings from it but the um as, as you obviously well know the if i didn't know until i looked it up a triangle of sadness is plastic surgeons speak for that um what do we call this the part between the eyebrows yeah just at the top of the nose we call it the triangle the of sadness <laughs> what we do now um that is usually the place where you get your your wrinkles none of us do obviously but other people get wrinkles and that's where plastic surgery happens to make you look mm. eternally young so how beautiful that um 
that we start with the male model scene. Can I just say, I have been brutally unkind about Harris Dickinson in the past. I first saw him properly in The King's Man. Me too. And I thought, what a no mark. <laughs> I was like, I don't care about you. I thought you're not good looking. I don't mean that people have to be, don't get me wrong, but I mean, we just had Taron Egerton and you know, mm-hmm. da da da. And, and, and I mean, Rafe Fiennes, the right. star, of, star of that movie. Right, and so therefore, <laughs> you know, I was like, mm, Harris Dickinson, what a no mark. You know, <laughs> he's really <laughs> average, he's a bit posh. And he's not even that good looking and he's got no charisma. Well, how <laughs> wrong was I? Because in the opening scene of Triangle of Sadness, I just thought that was absolutely Oof. genius. The scripting is so on the nose where the photographer's like the two different yeah. types H&M. of... H&M. That's yeah. right. The two different types of um, photo shoots you might be on. And the fact that the camera, it was, it's, a long, it's a long one take, isn't it? Yeah. Where, and you're watching Harris Dickinson switch effortlessly from H&M face to uh, Gucci face yeah. to whatever yeah. back and forth. <laughs> Loved him. And in that moment, I thought, oh, I like you. You've got a sense of humor mm. and a bit of panache. And suddenly he did seem better looking. Not that that matters. You don't have to be good looking. But I'm just saying, you know, I could it, I could suspend my disbelief that he was a male model. Well, according to the movie, you do have to be good looking. Because yeah. it gets you all sorts of stuff Well, it life. gets you a free cruise. <laughs> and then everything's just fine. You know that yeah. they talk about the triangle of sadness in the opening scene? You, you say yeah. you looked it up. But you, did you pick it up? Oh, that's yeah, a good they, question. They mention the name, the name of the movie and the, like, the, um, the opening scene. Yeah, when oh. he's in the audition, yeah. he, says, he says something about one of the people behind the desk says the triangle of sadness. Oh, okay, so, okay. So listeners, Sarah and I, we went, we went along to see this film at a preview screening. Oh, wait, I did. It, I did. I wrote triangle of sadness between eyes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and you but laugh maybe, like that because I, I did, did giggle. But I giggled. maybe I didn't know it was a real thing. Right. Uh, and then I looked it up and I was like, it legit is a real thing. Yeah. It's the Ron it's Howard. Not just a Ruben Austin thing. Sorry, sorry. So I was just going to say, it's the Ron Howard from Arrested Development. Hey, that's the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah and I, we went and saw this at a preview screening um, at Newmarket and with a glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, with sort of a few other critical that's eyes. Right. Critical eyes. Um, and there was a lot of laughter in the cinema. I was laughing a lot. I during the the scene, you know, the the kind of poster scene where they're all vomiting and pooing and yeah. sliding around the yeah. boat and things are exploding literally and also yeah. <laughs> and in terms of plumbing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Metaphorical plumbing and literal plumbing. Um, I was so sort of shocked and I knew it was coming because we'd sort of been pre-warned by well, it. Well I hadn't properly looked at the poster so you said to me didn't you notice there was a picture of a woman throwing up? Oh it's, maybe it's the thumbnail of the YouTube ah, um, trailer. Might She's be. She's having this, the golden vomit. And I hadn't really thought about it. It's it's kind of glorious and so gross <laughs> and I know how you are with scatological stuff Sarah yeah. and I was thinking oh this is going to be interesting and the woman um, serving us wine or, or checking us off on the list as we yes. came in she sort of said that didn't she? She said, she said drink the wine and because there'll be a moment when you want to put it down and, <laughs> and not, not eat or drink anything again or something like that She said yeah there'll be a moment where you want to put your wine glass down and then very shortly after that you'll want to pick it back up again Oh okay Which she I thought said was quite far more eloquently yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right that's uh, nice um, But I was laughing and shocked and trying to pull myself back into my chair as much as possible and by the time that poor woman is is vomiting and pooing at the same time... Can we stop using the P word? Well, I, I, I don't like scatological humour. Well, I mean, it's better than the other word in my head. I know. <laughs> but yes, she is. She's exhuming from all... Yes, she is <laughs> evicting her yeah, bowels. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but also, I did love... I said to Sarah, I said, because, you know, she's the one that makes the whole cast 
the cast, the crew, yeah. go for a swim, which is so horrifically horrible. Oh, she's by your own that. That's right. Exactly. So she goes for the swim that she yeah. wants, doesn't she? But yeah. in her own oh, um, Also, it's because she does that that the food goes off in the first place. Exactly. Because, um, that's the only reason, is because it makes them have to the, come up and leave the, the, the food. Octopus. That's yeah, right. it's great. Well, also, the, 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 it's both the, yeah. the motion sickness and the food going off, isn't it? So, obviously, it's worth explicitly saying something that we all know by now, which is um, Triangle of Sadness is a skewering, not just of the wankery of high fashion, but um, are we allowed to say, well, I've said it now. Um, <laughs> wankery is, is, yeah. is suitably I mean, we, we, non explicit. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can we not? Um, but also, yeah, basically just the hierarchy of, of those who have and those mm-hmm. who have less and those who have not and all that sort of thing. So, and yeah. politics, you've got that wonderful ongoing discussion yeah. between the, 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 the oligarch yeah. and, the, and Woody Harrelson's cat, like so-called Marxist. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But isn't it interesting? I mean, it's, it, I, look, I shouldn't say that like this is a genius thought at all. But yes, notably, in Act 2 of this, this three-act Greek tragedy, as I like to describe it, in Act 2... <laughs> it's the rich woman who says I insist that all the crew go for a swim ergo the food um, goes off but then interestingly it's not the crew who get really sick it's only the um, the uh the rich people. Yeah. And not Woody yeah. Harrelson because he was smart enough to order a uh, <laughs> burger and fries. Burger and fries. Instead. That's right. That's, That's right. It's brilliant because in that whole sequence where she's making that poor young woman, mm. you know, we had, oh we've already been gosh. prepped with that scene yeah. of the, the car, not the captain, the, the head steward, whatever her name is. Mm. Um, yeah. She, you know, you must say yes. Miss Paula, yeah. It's just wonderful because you're like, this poor young woman's dilemma. She has to say and, yes. And but it's all on her face. Mm. And the camera holds on her face. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I love as well that juxtaposition of the white crew above with the people of colour crew, the cleaners below. Yeah. Like Invariably just, Filipinos. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, Daisy, um, have you got the name for the... The kid, Dolly, Dolly De Leon, yeah. who plays the wonderful sort of head mm-hmm. um, Abigail. Uh, yes, yes. The, the head cleaner mm-hmm. below. She's oh, Filipina. Yes, and um, so yeah, and I, I, I have actually been on a cruise ship, guys. Um, <laughs> so, but obviously, don't go now. Wouldn't go now. Obviously, you know, not since COVID. Prices <laughs> are um, cheapest. That's yeah. right. But no. But um, yeah, it is always. Um, Scandinavian uh, officers and, and and invariably captain and uh, Scandinavian ab- above above what do they call it ab- above deck yeah. c- crew and below deck crew being um, marginally exploited often yeah um, because their pay their pay is based on they're not beholden to any actual tax laws and things or country laws Mm -hmm. and so usually the the filipino crew or or people from southeast asia get paid terribly Mm. our friends um and i won't say the names but we've got we've got mutual friends that that have done cruise ships in the past and Mm. they would hang out Mm. with the crew Mm. and they've they've said to me that they felt very uncomfortable when they learned Mm. what their fellow crew members were getting paid they were being paid as entertainment. Oh, yes, that's um, right. And the crew members were... Um, Getting considerably less. Oh, like, you know, a third, a quarter, right. a tenth of the of the pay. Incidentally, it is worth saying, and I think it's on Neon, there's, um, there's a very short uh, feature-length documentary called The Last Cruise, and it's about the cruise that went down by COVID. Mm. Um, they were stuck it, in the harbour for ages, was it? Yes, yeah. and it's horrific because um, there's sneaky footage from, um, from below deck, um, and it sort of 
Well, obviously, it, it shows how all of the people on board are treated. And once again, of course, the passengers who are all complaining because they're locked in their lovely mm. cabins and they're not allowed out. And the food came and the tomatoes are really limp in the sandwich Don't want and things tomatoes. like that. Whereas meanwhile, the crew are downstairs, un maybe unmasked, you know, catching COVID like anything, trying not to test themselves so that they don't get it because if they get it and they have to isolate, they won't get paid mm. and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a ugh, dreadful yeah. slice of real life. So that's highly worth watching. Yeah. The last cruise. I think it brings into question the, the, the just the ethics of the of cruise ships as mm. well. If that's the way that they are able to offer such reasonable prices for because they're pretty well priced those cruise ships for yeah. what you get. And for all inclusives, which means yeah. you get your booze as well. Mm -hmm. Apparently you put on I know this isn't a cruise episode, but anyway So apparently you put on half a kilogram every day that you're on a cruise ship on an all inclusive because it's impossible Unless you've to got ridiculous... Well, no, well, it's also impossible to have the willpower oh, right. to say, no, let's not go for a high tea at three o'clock, because mm, you can, and yeah. then have an ice cream at four, and then go for cocktails at six. I speak from experience. <laughs> uh, honestly, I got to do this with the Sunday Star Times um, a little over 10 years ago, and I got to do a five-night cruise from Auckland to Wellington. It was all-inclusive. I wrote a glowing article. And I will say that one of the complications of being on a cruise, and I say this less now from experience, but just from what we all understand, and it's highlighted in Triangle of Sadness. When the crew are having their meeting, and and uh, is it Paula who's the head, yeah. um, the the sort of the maîtresse d or whatever? Brilliant performance, by the She's way. She's amazing. Just immaculate. And when she says, you say yes to everything and you smile, Human nature dictates, doesn't it, that our guilt about being the the rich people or the posh mm -hmm. people or the, the the lucky people is assuaged because if our, if the staff around us um, are smiling and look happy and tell us that yes they like this job, then you think oh well that's all right I can relax a little because they're mm -hmm. okay and I'm okay too, um, but that isn't necessarily the truth necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then that whole scene's capped off with a. Uh... A, a fervor pitch money 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 which part which part are you talking about uh, the, the crew when they're having their briefing and then they end up like being like wild animals jumping up and down and screaming yeah. about money and that's the point where I realised oh this movie is not going to be subtle no yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which I'm uh, we'll flip to triangle in a little bit but can I bring up that point in, in that Ruben Oslund yes um, I haven't seen The Square yeah I don't know if you guys have no, but we did consider we, we were going to yeah. pair it with this because of the whole shapes thing. Again, right. this is, we're simple folk here at Cinema Club. Was it either going to be the square or the circle? Yeah, <laughs> circle, triangle. Yeah. Or cube. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's thin, right. thin red line, maybe? <laughs> no, yeah. no. Two dimensions. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, change yeah, the dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, One dimension, right? It, uh, uh, two dimensions. Two, two. Okay, I'll stop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, um, <laughs> with. With Ruben Austin's, uh, I mean, most people would be familiar with his um, his first movie, uh, Force Majeure, and I love Force mm. Majeure, and I found that the more Triangle of Sadness went on, I I kept wanting it to be more like Force Majeure. You mean more subtle? More subtle, yeah. and more about the, the relationships, yes. because Triangle of Sadness is a movie that goes places and it goes there in big big ways that's very true um whereas force majeure and and some aspects definitely triangle of sadness as well it's all about interpersonal relationships yeah 
and it's still excruciating. Oh my god, yes. The, yeah. um, I think my favourite scene in the whole thing, well, my two favourite scenes, one we've already brought up, which is the, um, the, the rich uh, Russian woman uh, telling the crew to go for a swim mm. and the look of horror on her face. Um, but of, of course, the, the scene where it, it just goes on forever, where uh, the, the main characters, so, so Carl and, and Yaya, and the restaurant, they talk oh, about paying the bill. Brilliant! They get on the taxi or the Uber and the conversation continues. Yes! They get to their, their hotel, they're in the elevator, the it just keeps going on. Yes! And it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And he's trying to open the elevator oh, doors like brilliant. the Terminator. Like the Terminator, yeah, that's right. <laughs> was, it, was it you telling us, Sarah, that the camera um, pans back and forth so and it gets closer and closer? That's right. So yeah. in that taxi shot, it's really subtly, beautifully done because you're right, Act yeah. 1 is considerably more subtle than Act 2 on the boat and Act 3 on the island. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so Jeremy, it's amazing. So the camera obviously rigged just in the middle of the car and it goes from a... Um, um, an almost close-up on um, Carl, and then it pans across to Yaya, and then it comes back to Carl, and these are all pans, but they zoom ever so slightly, and then zoom, uh, sorry, pan back to Yaya with a bit of a zoom, and then you realise that the camera's getting ever so closer, subtly, tiny bit closer to each face as that excruciating conversation continues. <laughs> It's, it's so well written. It's so, so well, well written. filmed. It's yeah. so well acted. And the fact that it culminates in her and him coming together, and she admits that she was manipulating him, and yes. he admits that he was maybe being a bit too, I don't know, obtuse with his. It's just it's a great way of building relationship, character, and tension. Yeah. And then it pays off again when they're on the boat, <laughs> and she checks out that guy on the on the deck, and yeah. then he gets fired. Oh, oh yeah, God. that's yeah. right. <laughs> And I do like how the the dialogue, and good old Ruben Oslin for his own script writing, because the dialogue is plausible. Because yeah. you might think, how, oh, guy, dude, just pay the bill and shut up. Or she should be more great or gracious. Or no, because it actually escalates in a very, mm -hmm. very plausible way. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to say not a not in a way that I would <laughs> allow my own conversations to escalate. But do you know what I mean? It's, it's believable. And that was... That, that what you said right there was my favorite thing about Force Majeure. Mm. Um, th there's a scene in Force Majeure where two couples are just sitting, sitting there having a wine. And it is the most uncomfortable I think I've ever been at the movies. Yes. <laughs> um, because and it's plausible. Yes, the escalation goes to a place where it's like, no, don't turn yeah, the phone. That's don't, right. Don't do it. Yeah, I think that's, that's, right. that's why I don't mind how heavy-handed parts of Triangle of Sadness is. Because like, third act aside... The the conversations on the boat with these rich people mm. are very real. Mm. Like they're not they're not like the, the satire is it's barely exaggerated because these well, are the I, real I, things. I, that I think apart from one bit which really stuck out like a sore thumb to me, which was the um, the weapons dealers, like that they, couple. Yeah, was like <laughs> come on, movie. Right, right. Oh yes, oh yes. The the, the casualties are cut at the the price of our stocks. Oh. Oh, that's right. Classic British. Sort I mean, of and then they get killed by their own grenade. I know yeah. that's brilliant, but I guess <laughs> I like yes, but also I know people like that that talk about maybe not weapons, but they do talk about concepts of property uh, and yeah. um, privilege and wealth with no awareness of that of the people they've stepped over that's to very get good there. Point. So, mm. yeah, like, I, I I do hear you that that would be the more exaggerated end, but. I don't know, like I've sat in some pretty <laughs> horrible conversations with some older people that just no awareness yeah. of, 
of how they've got to where they've got to. <laughs> I, I mean, I love the grenade moment. That was just oh, yeah. wonderful. And also, it's one of ours. Yeah. <laughs> and brilliant because we get to laugh um, at the. Sh- I, and I do. I, I, I've thought about the fact that really it's Schadenfreudean laughter on our point, <laughs> yeah. uh, on our part, isn't it? Because we get to pretend that we would never be so gross, or mm-hmm. never be so ghastly, or never take a cruise, or never dot dot dot. Never, you know. Never sell weapons at the uh, expense of the lives of poor people or whatever it might be. But it's delightfully funny, which I was grateful for, because mm-hmm. if it had all been grim, grim, um, because I laughed less in Force Majeure, mm-hmm. I really yeah. appreciated Force Majeure, which is the disintegration of a marriage <laughs> and a family and all sorts, isn't it? Based on something incredibly subtle compared with this oh, film, yeah. where, oh, the, yeah. where the set pieces are not at all subtle. But, um, yeah, really appreciated that. Can, can we talk about the third act where yes. the rise of Abigail? Yes. Mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. No, no. I did not know that the commentary about this, like, as you say, Sarah, the hierarchy of class that's on the ship mm. would result in her becoming <laughs> the leader of the island. Well, it's the, the upturning of the triangle again, isn't oh, it? Oh, nice. Oh, nice. I didn't, didn't pick that up. Mm. And just the way that um, Carl becomes her toy boy yeah. is... So unexpected. And I guess the sexuality of the opening sequence, Mm -hmm. um, I think you turned and said something to me about, you know, something, Sarah, we were in the movie about seeing all of this kind of half naked men on screen. Well, I didn't realise when I invited you to come that there was going to be this fabulous opening scene of all these good looking Mm -hmm. semi naked fellows. But I think we both enjoyed it. Well, I mean, and then it pays off in the best way. And then she's. They're, they're rocking and rolling in that, um, that lifeboat. And I love that they keep it kind of mysterious for a long time. Yeah. And we do see them being intimate later well, on we in know the what's, sequence. We know what's going on in there. But I know, but they, they could have just not shown it. I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame oh, yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of the, the, you know, the Abigail getting her, her yeah, piece. You know? That's and right. It's that's quite right. lovely to see and later on. she's just paying him with crackers. Which... Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> and everybody knows. Get... Yes, that's right. Well, that was almost... <laughs> The yeah. most absurd thing is that everybody knows. And, and everyone's like giving him crap about it. Like, yeah. And he instigates it, right? Yeah. Carl instigates this. He's the one that starts looking over at her and no, starts flirting. No, no, she, he looks over and he gets a look from her. Yeah. And he reads that look and almost in a, a, what did I read that the right way? And he yeah. looks again and then, and she is super subtle. She is not like a cougar going, yeah. hey, hey, and doing the <laughs> I don't know if of, I agree with you. I feel like he looks over when she's, when she has that, whole sequence with the octopus or something and he's he instigates the flirting oh i, I took it like that it. she gave him a look and that he realizes pretty quickly oh okay, there's an opportunity here but he's again. still on the back foot which is also nice because he's used to not being on the back foot right he's used to being the guy or trying to be oh, oh, yeah he's trying, trying to, be. to be. That, that, that's the thing like which also plays him beautifully with his character development through the entire movie that's true because actually it's all about you know the, the, the balance of our relationship yes. and I, I need to be the man and you know oh paying the money i don't mind paying but and then getting uh, the dude fired i mean that's yeah. a pretty powerful and awful thing getting the uh, the crewman but, but, fired. but of course he, he didn't know he had that power no. until the guy was was fired and he's horrified yes he feels yeah. really awkward about that power but anyway getting back to donnie yeah. De, dolly de leon do you notice of course in the in act two when they're on the boat and they're sleeping in and she knocks on the door and she's like, room service, no, not room service, housekeeping. And they're like, can you come back? And she's like, well, can I do it now? And they're like, no, can you come back later? Oh, she's like, I think, yes. Oh. So she, this is the funny thing. She is interrupting their intimacy in their <laughs> bedroom. And then later on, she's the one in the bedroom of the lifeboat oh. with the guy. Yeah. 
and the others have to knock on the door it's to glorious. get in. And they up the, the, the opening on the lifeboat and they're like, yes, what, what is it yeah. you want? Um, you have to come out. You have to go. Okay, I'll be there in a minute. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just wonderful. And again, I just love how catty all the other survivors are. Yes, but also how useless. Yeah. Isn't it genius how... Everyone's like, do you know how to light a fire? Do you? Yeah. No, no, no. And so Do- Dolly De Leon, uh, Abigail, sorry, is like, oh, for crying out loud. I'll do it then. And, and then, then uh, of course, we have our, um, going back to all the flies, the, the pig moment where it's a poor little donkey. Donkey! Oh. <laughs> and the, but there's still this moment of bonding and they're all crying together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, it's a masculinity yeah. commentary yeah, and the way that they tell the story when they come back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the sequence when he's got his hand on her leg or maybe further. And, and yeah. like, oh, there's just so many layers of. So many layers. Great, greatness. And so leaping to the end of the film where you so desperately well I wanted them to get off the bloody island <laughs> and they get to this ludicrous kind of like man service the, entrance yeah. man of the golden oh, gun yeah or that I was thinking of Thunderbirds as well yeah. oh, yeah. and Tracy like, Charlie's Angels they're yeah. like this close and then of course we read it we read Abigail's face that she's like the minute we step into that service elevator or whatever and, and, and be rescued I lose everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I lose my power. I lose. I go back to the life I had before. Mm-hmm. And then how genius that she's approaching Yaya from behind. And then Yaya says, Abigail, I think I can help you. I would like to help you. And she pauses because <laughs> yeah. she's like, well, yeah. hang on. Yeah. Well, let's see what the offer's going to be. Yeah. And you're like, oh, she's going to, oh, oh, she's finally connected as humans. And then she goes, you can come and work for me. And she's yeah. like, no. Oh, no. No, she oh. doesn't. She considers. She considers working for her as a real possibility. But for because like that, that's that's when so like you see it in her face. Seconds. No, no, no. You see it in her face, and then you don't see the resolution of that. Well, you don't know what she's considering. Yeah. You don't know. I think she's but, considering but, but, killing her, right? Well, well, no. There is that. For me, there was that flash of well, actually, this could be a realistic way forward. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I, I totally read it as that. <laughs> but then doesn't oh. she lower the? She doesn't. Then you don't see it. You don't see it. It cuts to him running. No, you don't. You don't. You don't see it. Oh, it then running because what is he running to or from how does he know again it's a pretty weak ending but um (laughs) i just took it as that he 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 thought something was off i just think the the point is is that he realizes you you think it's going to lead to a resolution yeah it's going to lead to a resolution of their relationship it doesn't at least to him and chaos right it's just yeah that's what i read it as like he's he doesn't and you don't know what he's running to you don't know whether he's well, running to... Well, you do, to... because he's running from left to right. So we but know he's I mean, running yeah. to where Yaya and Abigail were. But went. you don't know whether he's running to stop it, to be with Abigail, to be with Yaya, to, be, to escape. Like, yeah. What is he running to? Okay. What is he going to do when he gets there? I thought he was running because he suddenly thought, uh-oh, those two have gone off together. They've been gone a long time, and maybe he had had a realisation oh, that... I mean, in terms yeah. of in it, terms of plot, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. In terms of the final moment of the movie, I, I quite liked it because it was... Oh, no okay. clarity as yeah. to what he was going to because he has no clarity because he's completely lost himself in this whole situation yeah. and he's I mean and just the irony that he's the one that's sleeping with another person when right. he's yeah. the one that's been pulling yeah. pulling down but, his girlfriend the whole time okay uh, that, that makes more sense to me because when I was watching I was like wait that, that that's it oh 
Okay, like it was such yeah. an abrupt cut to yeah. black and then credits come up. Um, it felt mighty unsatisfying. Um, I, I would have preferred the movie to end again. It's like, oh, armchair critic. But, um, <laughs> but like, uh, with the uh, shot on Abigail's face and then boom. I mean, that is the best oh, moment yeah. of the film for me. That is just that moment, her expression. And it's in the trailer, but it doesn't have the same impact so, without right. the story. It's so you're saying wonderful. we don't know for sure what uh, uh, Abigail's uh, well, my, decision My is. interpretation was you don't. Oh, um, absolutely not. Yeah. No, it's left with you oh. wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's pretty clear she's going to smack her in the it, head. Is it though? Because <laughs> I, d- again, to me, she she hesitates, um, and I think that's what that's what I found so awesome about the performance. Yeah, yeah. you see it in her eyes. You're just like, I. Then, you no, see, I oh. think I interpreted it. And that's as, a word. That's yeah. a word. Interpreted it as, as her pausing, letting that sink in for a moment with gall of. I can't believe that was going to be oh, your okay. offer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to see Donny, Donny, oh my goodness, say her name right, <laughs> Dolly DeLeon's face properly in that moment, right. which would mean having to sit through the whole film, which would mean having to sit through the whole of Act 2 and all the scatological humour, which may I just say was not as um, egregious as I normally find it. And I'll tell you for why. It didn't feel, it felt like it was plot related in a way... <laughs> Sorry. Well, is that an understatement? No, no, no. It's just, I I guess that's where the line is drawn. I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, like, okay. So I always go back to Bridesmaids, which I was a little bit harsh on because in Bridesmaids, just for for the heck of it, just because they were trying to be like all boy, silly boy movies and have poo in it. (laughs) You know, so uh, uh, they're in a wedding dress shop, blah, blah. And everyone loved it except me. But in this, it's definitely plot related because of what I said before about, well, you know, actually the crew are the ones who get away and they're all right without it and it's it's punishment and so uh, on. Yeah, yeah. It's very, um, just to get a little bit art history, <laughs> it's very Bruegel or, or Hieronymus Bosch, isn't it? And it's um, kind of like... Well, it becomes watching, more and more and more so. But also, yeah. The, the, yeah, rich people kind of like being purged and kind of being yeah. punished and the, what, that poor <laughs> woman in her, in her tight-fitting... Yeah. I mean, she's a... She's an elderly, never mind middle-aged woman, and I understand what it is to be wearing underwear that holds you in yeah. and um, <laughs> rolling around on the floor and all that, which and I did her, her only salvation is that toilet. Yes. I did think that they used a bit too many, a few too many shots there, but that that's just yeah. my personal kind of thing. But um Anyway, I'll yeah. tell you what, it was, there was a, re- there was a um, relief for me when the ship did get blown up because I was just so concerned about those carpets. And, you know, they were, like, how are they even going to get mm. that out? And, mm. yeah. and I just feel for it. I did really enjoy as well on that same note seeing the cleaners come in and clean all the vomit off the cl- mm. carpet and just the highlighting of the work that they had to do yep. to make it, make it better. So I love that, not because of the highlighting of the social injustice of the work they had to do to make it better but because I hate mess and I think we've discussed this a little and um, so my husband will, will sorry, often I, sorry sir I'm thinking back mother. to mother I knew so. you would be and my husband will often sort of nudge me and go are you feeling triggered in films where there's a lot of like people right. get muddy or dirty or they walk anyway let's just not go there so I felt relieved when they came out and they cleaned stuff up because I felt oh thank goodness for that because that was going to really prey on me what about so, what about the captain and the oligarch kind of taking over the microphone? Oh, that yeah. was terrifying! Yeah. Like, the ship's going down. It the ship's going down. I was like, cause a panic, why don't you? Yeah. 
Oh, and I wonderful. normally don't enjoy scenes where people are ridiculously drunk yeah. or on drugs either, but actually that, that worked. Yeah, that was heaps of fun. I think both actors really sell yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Just that, not even tipsy, but drunk philosophizing. Yeah. 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 yeah, but not, well, actually starting off not understanding and then understanding and not caring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Broadcasting right. the ridiculousness. this argument to the entirety of the ship. That's true. So one of the uh, questions I have for you two is, well, first of all, I love who does and doesn't survive. You know, it's just ruthless who doesn't mm-hmm, doesn't survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but the um the 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 guy who is, is accused of being a pirate mm-hmm. and, and claims to be someone on the ship. Oh, yeah. we, have we ever confirmed? Uh, he sort of jokingly talks about yeah. his pirate career, but is that I, true or was I, I he? Guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. that's at the point, right? They yeah. Get to, they get to a point where they're actually just connecting as people. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think he was a pirate, except actually his language was exceptional. Mm. So therefore, maybe he wasn't. But I did initially think that he was. There's also the um, the, the lady who can, uh, via stroke, can only speak one German Amazing. phrase. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and the I think that was the the best like black comedy throughout the whole thing. The because, fact that she can't alert the yeah. guy to we need your help. But equally, she is complicit in that in the sort of biscuit gate or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yes. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. And she never and they never give up. That yeah. She's no. part of it, and she never gives up. And so. So sneaky. Mm. And what about the part where is it? Um, you know what's her name? Paula. Uh-huh. She whispers to Abigail, "I think this should be punished." Yeah. Like just, and she's the one that first really stands up to Abigail, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Well, it is so good. Speaking of punishment, you guys, yes. Uh, let, let's kind of uh, teeter back, um, yes, if you will, uh, to triangle because I really, really like the allegory. Uh, of the movie uh, please do tell me because my only thought about it was it's not as blatant in terms of who we're punishing and why uh, it's, oh, sorry uh, it's still pretty I mean they, they pretty much spell it out right Aeolus that was the father of Sisyphus oh, so, <laughs> no I, I understand the mechanism the yeah. whole kind of we're going to relive and relive and relive yeah. and relive uh, well, pu- specifically but punishing why Jess them? punishing Jess oh, right yes right. Uh, for uh, abusing her son. And that's and, it, really. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it, right. And she's going through this, um, all this, this metaphysical, psychological, and physical torture um, in order to undo something that she cannot undo. Oh, right? Oh, like hurting her son. That's right. She, she can't take that back. No. And, and that kind of manifests in her son getting killed and the whole shebang with killing her friends and acquaintances and, again, going back 2.8 because there's no way of taking it back and she nice. keeps saying that's this isn't me that's yeah. not me this that's is me this me. is the mother this is your mother this is not your mother oh, this is the real jess you know yeah. she says it to the people on the ship as well and it's mm-hmm. that's quite wonderful really and i guess it's that, that that's where the paradox works from a narrative perspective and that it isn't her <laughs> she kills, the, she real kills the real jess <laughs> yeah and we don't know where that jess yeah. comes but from but we don't know where the do do okay well, sorry my, my, maybe my, we don't have time for this but do, do we know when the real Jess my, dies? Um, my, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she, she, she gets snatched him yeah. to death in her house uh, at the oh, at the very oh. end of the movie. So, got you, so, got you. So yes, yes, real, yes, real Jess doesn't actually turn up, up in the movie at all. That's right. right. Exactly. Okay. Well, she, she, yes, a real Jess grows up, has a child, slaps him, is in her yes, house, yes. and then gets killed by yes. another version of herself. Yes. Yeah. The version of Jess we follow is always in that time loop. Mm. She doesn't ever come from anywhere mm. and. You know, just like the keys, 
they drop. She drops yeah. the keys. Yeah, that's she gets clever, isn't the keys. It? That's clever. You, you never yeah. know where the keys come from. She, she, she picks one up. She drops it. She has one that's already been dropped. And yes, it's three keys forever in motion. Oh, so it's like the Prestige. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah. It is. It's, did you remember when we did the Prestige? And there's like, yeah. and at the end, have we ever he, done the Prestige? I don't oh. think we've ever done the Prestige. I'd love to do the Prestige for yeah. something. Um, and and at the end, he's got the. Oh, ooh, sorry, listeners. But the prestige, there's no paradox in the prestige. No. He just keeps creating new versions of himself. But but and it's it's cyclic in that way. Yeah, but there yeah. are also all the black hats and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, Do you yeah. remember? It, th- th- this film reminded me very much of Memento uh, Triangle did of Memento yeah. and Chris Nolan full stop. So uh, the whole uh, way through I'm like Christopher Smith, Christopher I think Nolan. Chris Smith is straight up said that Memento was one of the, the influences. Right. Right. Uh, which is really, really cool. Uh, also Jacob's ladder, he said, was an oh, influence. I yeah. haven't seen that since the um, university days and I wouldn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that the the thematics of a horror movie is yes. it's quite extraordinary. I, I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but again, this is my third time watching it, and I, I did feel pretty poignant. Um, yeah. The 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 whole thing about like her love for her son, kind of driving her to commit these these heinous acts, and at the end of the day, it means nothing because she's already done something unforgivable. Do you think she died? In the car crash at the oh, end. Oh, that's a good question. Because I thought she was a ghost. That's a very good question. that would mean that she is in limbo. That yeah. would mean from a spiritual or a religious perspective, or she's in a hell. She's in hell. she doesn't have any scratches on her. Right. She's, so she's there. And the man behind her... Is the ferryman, Yeah, right? yeah. It's just Charon. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, do you mean across the River Styx? Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. right? Because yeah, I, I'm, looks, just, I'm just a driver. Right. Yeah. And he looks ghostly. So I actually thought, has she died? And yeah. is he a ghost from the, the netherworld who's like, well, do you want me to drop you anywhere? And, and because they both looked quite ghostly. Yeah, and he license. says, no one's bringing that child back. Which I thought, well, no, no actual person <laughs> says that. Yeah. I mean, I guess, That's yes. That's a very good point. I, I, I haven't even thought about that. It's but, a good theory, but I mean, yeah. also, she had already killed herself in that storyline, right? Yeah. So, And, and she, before then, she'd have already seen all the dead seagulls as well. Yeah. Which yes. That, oh, that loop, that I knew that was happening. Had already happened multiple many times, times already. Yeah. And like with the locket, many times. Yeah. And the yeah. futility. And the so that's the thing. You know, sometimes I think, and, I, and we're running out of time here, but let's talk about heaven and hell. No. <laughs> but <laughs> technically, if there is a hell, then absolutely, apart from it also being other people, um, there is absolutely this idea that if you just had to relive a dreadful thing over mm. and over and over in, in, for infinity, that's pretty compelling. Mm. Well, thank you, William, for suggesting Triangle. Oh, well, thank you guys for going along with that. Mm. Again, I think it's, it's a really underseen movie. Um, and it does so many cool things that not many movies even try. Yeah, and that's great. And yeah. hopefully we brought it to a whole lot of listeners who would never have heard of it, just like I hadn't. And therefore, yeah. they'll give it a go. And I think we, we've, it's very rare that you and I would not have ever really known much about a film. Mm, not at all. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema in Context. If you enjoyed our podcast, consider signing up to our Patreon. Cinema and Context patrons receive access to exclusive minisodes, opportunities for one-on-one discussions about the films you love, and our extended episode catalogue, including extended content of the episode you're listening to right now. 
I just want to point out that our most recent minisode was a discussion with Doug, Sarah's husband, about the New Zealand Film Commission. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful chat if you are interested in kind of the history of New Zealand film. I highly suggest and jumping on. And the mechanics on. behind the scenes, hey, and getting yeah. films made in this country. And he's quite candid about the names and personalities, many of his friends that, mm-hmm. are, that are in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, if you're interested in New Zealand film, I highly suggest jumping on and listening to that minisode. It's a great listen. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash cinema and context. You can listen to Cinema and Context on SoundCloud, Spotify, Radio Public, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, which are great places to let us know what you think of this episode and give us suggestions for future films to discuss and compare. Look out for our next episode in a month's time, and until then, no more am I. I.